Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1865. I'm your host, Jeff Offen, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. Again, last show of the week. I'm taking tomorrow off. I'll be back on Sunday with my normal format of shorter blips, shorter episodes, and I think I'm going to have one long-form interview next week. And this show today is an interview I did with Paul Radcliffe in May of 2016 about evaluating for fit as part of your decisioning about joining an organization. Hope you find it helpful and give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. Just so you know, this was recorded over Skype. There were a couple of points where I don't think my audio was ideal, but his was. And um, I just thought it was worth sharing with you. And now let's get going. So my guest this time is Paul Ratcliffe. Paul is a certified professional business coach, and he also works with high potential individuals and coaches them through change into senior leadership roles. Paul, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on board. Hi, Jeff. How, How are you today? Fabulous. Now that I know you are here. <laughs> Thanks for arranging this. been looking forward to it. My pleasure. So let me just start off by saying that employers like to think they evaluate for fit, and they do a miserable job of it. After all, their version of evaluating for fit is, you know, uh, Paul, that guy kind of reminds me of uh, Henry up on four. Uh, you know, uh, and that's as much as they really do. They compare you with someone that they know, think they think that you're just like that. In the therapy business, we call that projection. It doesn't work. And then they get shocked when you join the firm and you're nothing like Henry. So they make that mistake on their side. But from a job hunter perspective, I think a lot of people do much the same sort of thing. Two, they look at their future boss and say, wow, I really like this person. They are fabulous. So we know there's got to be a better way for job hunters to evaluate for fit. Am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely on the nail. I would hope so because we we know that this was the show idea we're going to do. (laughs) So where should a job hunter start off in trying to figure out whether they'd really fit the organization they're interviewing with? That's a great question, Jeff. And um, that there's lots of different ways that people can start. Um, but but the, the, the model that I prefer to use with people is what's called a career master fit, uh, so F-I-T. And <clears throat> that's broken into two basic section, sections that help uh, job hunters figure out what they're good at, what they're going to like, where their interests lie. And then they also ask them about how they're going to feel fulfilled, uh, what things are matter to them, et cetera, et cetera. So, so the model breaks down into basically into two columns, if you can imagine them. And on the, on the left-hand side, you've got external fit, which I'll explain in a second, and then the internal fit. So 
starting with the external fit, uh, what a person first needs to ask themselves is the F stands for function. So what do I like to do? What do I want to do? Um, what strengths, skills, passions do I have? And a good, a good question that I like to ask people is, have you excelled at anything in the past? That always gives me a really good indication of uh, where people's true motivations lie. Because if they can remember something that they may excel at, they're usually driven by and motivated and quite passionate about it. Yeah, I'm going to pause you there for one second because I can see some of the people I've talked to in my corner say, well, there was that time I was in a, a net game in New York. I really liked watching the Knicks. I somehow suspect you don't mean that they watch sports on TV or they went to a game. We're talking about professional things and actual activities that they might have engaged Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, yeah. On the nail. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is all driven by uh, what what they where they exceed in, in a professional environment. That that being said, you, if if people talk about sports, there's a lot that you can get from asking the right questions and probing and challenging people on that. You know, for sure, because it, it it drives the passion. So, you know, so what is it about the game or what is it about the team that they like? So it definitely fits in there. It's just unfortunate we can't to get everybody to play for the Knicks, which uh, it make our lives a lot easier. <laughs> Um, so, so after we've talked through the function, um, we then move on to the I of the FIT model, which is interests and industry. So now that we've figured out what we want to do and why we want to do it and, that, and what we like, then we figure out where we're going to apply those skills. Uh, we ask, you know, when you take those skills, what are you going to do with those skills and who are you going to work with? And one of the, one of the great questions that I like to ask in this particular section is, what do you want to avoid? So you might think, you know, I'm really good at X and I want to go and apply it to Y and then I'm going to get Z as a result. Uh, and that's some, a lot of the times is not the case. So I do ask that question. It really makes people think about, OK, maybe I was on the wrong path or, you know, maybe I can apply it in a different uh, sort of way. So I challenge people in that environment. It's very good because, you know, as someone who's interviewed so many people over my career, I find that the answers I get when I ask about their likes are pretty thin. Yeah. And they're almost habitual. You know, I want to do interesting work. I want to work for smart people. They all say that. And, and thus, I like to go start at the opposite side. What do you do test? And I always pick charged word like that because then they get the juicy stuff. Yeah. And they can flip it around to the other side just to, so if you can test that, the opposite of that is. And then we find the place in the middle between the two. Yeah, that, that's a great question, you know, is, is conversely what would you like to avoid? You know, and it, it's always it stops people dead in the tracks and they think, oh that's you know it's really interesting. I haven't thought of it from that respect. But exactly what you just said, you can find the, the true passion there. So then we move on to the to the T, uh, which is things that matter. So this is uh, another really important um, question because, and I'll give you a, a, probably a bad example, but it's very simple to follow. Um, function, uh, skill set, you know, I want to be a CEO and you've worked, worked the way through. I want to be the boss of my own business. And then you get to things that matter. And I ask about, tell me about what lifestyle that you want to achieve. Tell me where your values lie. Tell me about the geography. Tell me about your workouts. What 
what things matter to you. And I've had people say, I want to be the CEO of a company, but I only want to work 25 hours a week because I've got to pick my kids up from school. You know, so yeah, let's find out what, what things really matter to you. Um, and, and things like ethical values of companies that are going to work for, uh, you know, all of those things that matter. And there's, there's some spiritual things that, that matter to people. You know, so if, if people are particularly religious and, and they're going into a company that, that maybe isn't that, you know, that way inclined or has a lot of people that are not that way inclined or vice versa. So all of those questions really matter. And that's another big area that I probe on. So, so that's the outline of, of the external fit, the career fit model. Now we flip into the internal, which is, is really looking at, at the individual themselves and really focusing on them. Uh, and this can be very challenging for people because, uh, as we all know, the hardest thing to sell in the world is ourselves. Um, but it really, truly makes them look at themselves. So, so the F in the internal fit is fulfillment. So, so why do you go to work? Um, what purpose or cause or legacy do you want to create? What difference do you want to make? Um, and when they start answering those questions, I ask them why. Why in that? Why is that particularly rewarding for you? Um, so that really challenges them to think about who they are as an individual and, and what. So, so they've just come out of the things that match on the external fit. Now they're looking at how they're going to feel fulfilled in that particular role. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and one thing I was going to mention is probably a good good moment to mention this, Jeff. Is um, one of the reasons I got into career coaching and, and, and exec coaching is seventy percent of the American workforce is disengaged, and that's that's a, according to a twenty year ongoing survey by Gallup.com. I was reading on their website this morning. And I do that once a month, and it's very consistent. And I think fulfillment is one of the big key areas that that people don't. You know, I don't think they think it through all the way. They go for the money, they get the job, and they end up bouncing around from job to job because they're not fulfilled, or they find themselves stuck in, in, a, in a particular area. So they might like the company, but they're not going anywhere. They're not getting promoted. They're getting overseen for, for um, salary increases, et cetera, et cetera. So fulfillment is... I think the other reason they wind up making these mistakes stems from the fact that most people still have an industrial mindset where they think that if they do a good job, they're going to be rewarded, they will work their way up. And they act that way even though intellectually they know it isn't true. So they tolerate a lot of crap thrown at them until one day you know, the firm basically says, we appreciate your service, thank you so much, but you know how it is, the economy is, or we've had a reorganization, and you're invited to leave. Yeah, yeah, it's... So we're, we're going to be back with more from Paul in just a moment, but first... Okay, we're back, thank you. So we've been talking about fulfillment and how people kind of struggle uh, with giving voice what their needs are in this equation uh, and what inspires them at a deep core 
internal fit. So the I is identity. So that's some question about so what we ask is, is who are you now and who are you becoming or who do you want to become? Um, and a lot of the times I, I let silence do the heavy lifting for me there because it's, it's important that people really think about who they are now and, and, and where they want to be. Can be one. And, and if you ask in a way, who do you want to be in one year's time? Everybody says CEO. You know, that, that, that's not the question. It's, it's who are you becoming as a person? What's your identity going to be when you, when you find this role that you're looking for? You know, where are you going to take it and what are you going to do with it? So it's again, it's, it's kind of tipping back into the passion and, and the purpose and, and driving the value behind it. Um, so a good question would be to ask, uh, give me some single adjectives that, that best describe you. So, you know, and how other people perceive you. Give me one word answers of how you think other people's, and, and then see if those two things align and, 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 you know, run some comparisons in there. So it's really tapping into the person's identity. That's interesting. You know, I've been coach training for a while now, and it's, I have been coached and coach others. One of the, the common threads is about the becomings. If you do this thing, if you make this change, who will you become as a result of this? Uh, to see whether or not you get that shock expression from them. Because as we know, ultimately we have to change in order to get the things that we want. Yeah, very challenging question, yeah. Yeah. So another question to throw in there as well is to ask them who their role models are. Uh, and when, when they answer that, you know, say, well, why, why is that person your role model? What is it in particular? And a lot of people think that they like, you touched on it earlier, think that they like someone, but they don't really understand why. You know, so we're really tapping and challenging them on that level as well. That's interesting. Um, I think follow up, I'll ask that later on. the tea here. What's the tea? Okay, so, so now we're talking about the type of person, which stands for type. So, um, typical questions would be, how do you re-energize your, your batteries when you're feeling down? What, what do you do? Um, how do you go about making decisions in life? Are you kind of a knee-jerk type person or are you very logical in your approach? Um, do you need to know uh, everything? Does everything need to be in order before you, you, know, you move forward? So what type of decisions do you make? How do you orient your environment? You walk into a new environment, what's the first thing that you do? You know, are you looking for the fire exit doors? Are you looking for the bathrooms? Or are you looking for the person to, to shake the hand? You know, what type? So it's, it's finding out how the person really thinks and how they operate as an individual. Uh, and that really helps us to kind of put the icing on the cake. In, in terms of, there's obviously follow-up to this as well, to pull this out further. So uh, how do you orient your environment is a curious question to me. Um, what, what do you normally hear when people answer that question? Um, to be honest with you, Jeff, a lot of the time people can't answer that question because it's something, you know, you jump in your, in your car and, and you drive you drive to work. You don't think about, oh, I need to press the pedal and hold the wheel and you just do it. And, and people do a lot of things like that very, very naturally and they don't even think that they're, they're doing, they don't even realise what they're doing. Um, just things like, uh, I talked to somebody recently about eye contact when they go in for an interview, because I picked up on the fact that they were not looking at me when, when I was coaching them. 
And I said, you know, you need to have a lot more eye contact. And they, they honestly thought they did. They, they, they felt they were staring, but there was a lot of kind of, you know, this business going on. So people don't really understand what they're doing until they really think about it. So, so if they can't come up with something, I'll say, let's put you in an environment. And, and okay, now tell me what, what you're seeing. Just think through an environment that you've been in recently. So it's amazing how people think. Um, a lot of the times, you know, they're asking, they're, they're looking for the exits before they're looking for the entrance. You know, they always remember how they come in and they always remember how they go out, but everything in between kind of gets fuzzy. <laughs> I think how important it is when you walk into a reception area, there's usually a lot to learn about a company when you walk in there. There's usually historical landmarks on there or awards that they've won. And those are those are interesting things you can bring up in an interview that show that you've actually done some research. You know, so just tiny little things like that about being aware and making the most of your time while you're there. You know, that's that's something that you know really, really push on people. So, so I think once you've got an awareness of, of who you are and, and where your passion lies, and you're obviously targeting, hopefully by then, you're going to be targeting a company or a role for, for a particular reason, and you know why you're going in there. And for me, what I've seen in people is, firstly, is that the, the passion is just elevated because it means so much to them. For, for, they're going for something they really want. You know, they're not just going to find a job or put a warm body on a warm seat. They're going for something that they they're connected with so that so when uh, if you can think of something that you're passionate about it doesn't matter what it is you, you're you're into it if it's basketball you know all the scores you know all the competitors you know who the the good team and the bad team but if you're not into basketball it's like mm, you know so if you're into something that you're going for and you're really really keen on the company and you're really keen on the role you're much more likely to do a lot of research because you, you you want to look good, you want to sound good, you want to be knowledgeable because you actually care about where you're going. Like I said, it's not just a job now. You, you're going for that. You're going for that role that you've been kind of building yourself up to. So, you know that that's what I really emphasize on this. It seems like a kind of a boring exercise at times, but but the end result is it's just so much different when they, when people go through this because they find a lot more about themselves, uh, not just about what their interests are, what they want to do, but, you know, they, they find how, passion, how passionate they are about certain things in life that maybe they didn't realise before. So, so true. And, you know, I'll just simply say, folks, that for a lot of you, work is just nothing more than a J-O-B, you know, just like a broke. <laughs> so, 
few dollars more, and the government's going to take half, and you're going to go to work every morning complaining again, only because you didn't do your homework. So, folks, you just got to do this exercise. It's not that tough. You just got to spend a little time on a weekend to think, focus on yourself and your needs, because you got to admit that next firm is going to hire you, sure is a good idea. Absolutely. You are not their A prior. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I apologize. I, I spoke over you. Could you repeat that, please? Oh, sorry, Joe. I was just saying you have to stand out. You have to. I, I was doing another blood talk a couple of days ago and I said the same thing. You know, hiring managers nowadays are very, very distant from us. They're, they're behind portals, behind job boards. So you only got that one opportunity to, to walk through the door and, and blow them away. You know, you you should walk out knowing that no matter who comes in the door behind you, you've you've got the job. And by going through this exercise, it will absolutely get you there. And what's beautiful is if the firm doesn't match up with what your needs are, what a relief that should be for you. <laughs> yes. And and I gotta put that bluntly because so many people wind up in jobs so soon. And, you know, there's a statistic I saw not too long ago, and if I'm slightly off on the numbers, I apologize, but I, I recall somewhere between 70 and 80 percent of all hiring managers within one year of the hire regret having made that decision. Correct. Part of that is them and their assessment process, but part of that is you. And your willingness to put on a happy face that's completely insincere and you know, come back with all those wonderful happy answers that suggest to them that you are not as you portray yourself. You're putting that smile button face on and selling a load of crap. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree anymore, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's important that people go through this. And if, if nothing else, I mean, there's there's probably 10 or 12 steps you could talk about before going out to, to look for a job, as you probably, you know, probably agree with me on that. But this, this is, I think, is one of the key critical steps that people, because if you don't understand yourself, then what you cannot possibly understand why you're chasing down the jobs that you are. So we get to the interview. And I'm all going to hold this. I'm armed and I've got my notes. I've thought about it beforehand, and now I'm going to go to this interview. And they're going to say to me, so, do you have any questions for us? Now, I've got one, and I'm just going to keep repeating it over and over again, because it's the one that's focused on them, and we're going to talk about some of the ones that are focused on you. The one that's focused on them, that always encourages, let's say you hire me, and it's a year from now. I haven't just done a good job, I've done a great job. What's the best you've ever seen in a role like this? What would I have accomplished during that year that would cause you to think that way? Now, I think you learn a lot of good stuff from that. Yeah. But there are questions embedded in, in your answers here that you can ask. And Paul, I'm curious what sort of questions you might recommend someone to ask in order to evaluate whether an employer will give them these things a really great question, Jeff, and, and I think um, I I was in staffing and recruiting for, for just over twenty years myself, so we're we're, uh, we're similar backgrounds, and and I think 
being a hiring manager myself and bringing you know recruiter after recruiter you know through through the ranks the one thing that i always hoped that they would ask me but never seemed to ask me was how many hours per week am i going to really have to work to be effective in this role Nobody ever asked me that. And, and I think for me, my point was, if you want to be successful in, in any job, um, but particularly in, in where there's a lot of research and in recruitment, as you well know, there's a lot of research that needs to be done, as well as talking to people, as well as sales and development, marketing, etc. You have to put the extra time in. And I don't mean sit there till 10 o'clock at night at the desk and, and kind of scratch around on LinkedIn and hope for the best. I'm talking about, you know, go home and, and get your work-life balance, but be committed, you know, so look out for news articles, um, read about the industry, the, what, what the latest trends are in the industries, you know, all of those things show that you are really caring and passionate and, and you've done your research and you're bringing stuff to the table, you're bringing value to the table. So my team, when I had a team previously, um, was about 70 deep at, at, it, at its absolute peak. And I used to say to people, you know, for everybody who's certainly based in Houston, Everybody knows someone that's based in oil and gas. Everybody. So find out who they are. You know, we don't have to market them. We don't have to sell to them. But let's find out who they are and what they do. And, you know, have an interest in the oil and gas cycle and find out where they where they fit into that into that cycle. You know, so just showing a level of interest like that. When you come in and talk back to your employer, my neighbor works for X and he does this. It shows them that you, you're really caring and, and you, you're really getting into the role. You know, and that's that's something I think people can can really. It doesn't take a lot to go a lot further than the average person just by putting a little bit more effort. In. That's such a wonderful statement. You know, it doesn't take a lot to show that you'll go further than the average person. Yes. So true. But I'm going to circle back one more time on the question. And the question is the specifics of what someone might ask. In order to find that, how a firm mesh up with the fit? What sort of things do you think you might ask in order to find that answer? Um, I mean that that's that's a difficult one to kind of broad stroke across every person because it, it really depends. You know, some people when you ask them about function, they get really fired up and then they don't particularly have things that matter to them. Um, so I really focus in and, and I can feel that, you know, where, where the passion lies, they kind of light up when they talk about it. But, you know, if, if they've got particular strengths and skills and passions, for example, that they ask, ask the employer, I, I'm really passionate about this. How do you think that I could bring that to the table and that, that would benefit you as the employer? And I, and I talk a lot to people about um, everything in this day and age, as you, as you are well aware, Jeff, is what's in it for me. Uh, and the employer is thinking like that as well. So think like the employer sat on the opposite side of the desk from you and say, if they bring me in, what's their return on investment for, for, for paying me the, the salary and the benefits, et cetera, whatever you decide to come up with, what's the return on investment? 
So if you've got a particular strength or a skill or a passion that you think you, you can, that can add benefit to, the, to that employer, you're touching on that return on investment. So ask them that. Ask them a question like that. It's something that they're not expecting whatsoever, but I am really skilled or I am strong in this particular area or I'm passionate about how do you think if I brought that to the table, how do you think that would get a return on investment for you guys? I think um, I think the overall thing for, for me in this fit model and what, what I try to emphasize with people is um, that there's another part of the, the, the career branding exercise that we go through that looks at what people are authentically. And what I mean by that is people put on a costume to go to work in probably 90% of the time. You know, they're not really them. How many people have said, you know, if ever, anybody knew what you were really like, you know, it's, it's that type of approach. So. I say to people, if you were your true, authentic self, no hold bad, you know, what, what's that going to look like and why can't you take that into the workforce? Because so many people have this facade that they, they build themselves around. So that this whole career master fit is driven towards being your authentic self, being the true to yourself and taking that into the workplace. Because if you do that, that there's no costume to put on, there's nothing to hide. You can be yourself, you can be passionate and you're purposeful about why you're going to work and, you know, everything else will, will be in your rear view mirror. You'll be onwards and upwards. That's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few more ways to get information and advice from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Go to the blog. There's a lot there to help you with your job search, hiring more effectively, managing and leading, and workplace-related issues. In addition, if you're interested in my coaching you, there's a button there that says Schedule. Schedule time for a free discovery call or schedule yourself in for coaching. Obviously, I'm going to charge for that, but I can help you with interview preparation, leadership coaching, salary negotiation advice, making a good decision between different offers, anything related to improving yourself in the workplace, I can coach you about. If you have questions for me, you can schedule 15 minutes with me at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live or you know, a less expensive way is at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash video answers, where you leave a message for me and I'll respond with a three to five minute video. Connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. I can assure you your network will expand a lot by connecting with me. And finally, watch me on TV. Download the Job Search TV app for Fire TV, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, like 90 different manufacturers. I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a terrific day. Be great! Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. 
with 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.